The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. This is Sports Day. Very good evening, Dan Menzel, David Wildey, Sports Day SA for Just Quality Home Improvements. The open line is one 736 736 or text us on 0427-154-166. It's been a, a big weekend of sport again and tonight... Dan Menzel's going to do his next three on the ladder. This is really interesting too. So we did have a chat beforehand, but I think you'd be interested to see who who makes the eight and who misses out as a welcome. The man, Dan Menzel. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm going well, Wilds. I'm looking forward to getting into it. But before we do, how was your weekend? You went on a boat cruise. I did. I went on, uh, we got on the boat Friday from Outer Harbour, and where it went, I don't really know. I think it went out near Kangaroo Island. <laughs> that bigger. Poor Lincoln. It's a big boat, yeah. two or 3,000 on there. Yep. It was a comedy cruise. Went with um, seven of our friends, and uh, so we had, a, we had a group of eight. It was, it was fantastic, really. Um, had a couple of wonderful shows. They did the Seven Deadly Sins. They did that in dance and song, and they had the rock anthems and, and comedy everywhere, really. So karaoke, didn't quite get in the karaoke, but... Some were good, some were bad. Many refreshments on the boat. Had a few, a few cocktails. So yep. we sort of, actually, Ooh, we, nice. to be honest, we um, took it pretty easy. We had one of our group was sick pretty well the whole time and coughing all over me, so I hope I don't bring it back to you. <laughs> so, Bart, if you're listening, Paul, it's actually my old boss at 5AA, Paul Bartlett. He had this shocking cough, so uh, should have worn a mask, should have... Should have uh, not blamed it on asthma. It wasn't asthma. It was a cold. But <laughs> no, having said that, Dan, fantastic. Got back this morning. Got my sea legs uh, back. I'm I'm fine. So good trip. Ah, oh, good to hear. Well, across the weekend, Friday it actually was Friday afternoon. Port Adelaide played the Crows in their practice game down at Alberton Oval. A draw. Finished in draw. Fourteen nine ninety three apiece. Not that either side no. would have been too worried about the result. But there were plenty of things to come out of the game in terms of positional and how players went. But arguably the hot topic or the biggest talking point was Sam Powell Pepper. Yeah, I, I, I caught that. I mean, even on the boat we got the news and saw the, the sporting highlight. Sam Powell Pepper, Sam Powell Pepper is, a, is a wonderful player now. He's in the leadership group. He's a heart and soul of Port Adelaide. To me, it's a bit of a brain fade, particularly in a trial match. You know you have to be careful to, to follow through and hit someone, you can see where a guy in front of you, Dan, he, he's going to make um, contact with the head and he's going to get a couple of games. Keane's going to be out for a, at least that for a couple of weeks. So I think it's probably minimum two. Oh, it's been sent straight to yeah. the tribunal, which means minimum three, three is what it? it looks like being. So, look, if you're Sam Powell Pepper, you would know that you can't be happy with that and it's not a good look. And he did get asked on Channel 7 about his hit on Mark Keane. Uh, yeah, obviously um, wasn't wasn't a good hit. So um, my my future's in the MRO's hands. And uh, yeah, first thing I did was flick uh, Mark a message after the game. And uh, yeah, it's never never my intention to concuss anyone or um, hit anyone higher. I think I played a tough, fair game, and um, obviously got that one wrong. Yeah, I reckon four years ago that that might have been what you could say a typical Sam Power Pepper made some silly decisions. But his last two years, Dan, when they had the bad year and the good year. He's been the barometer of Port Adelaide. I think when he's up and running, Port are too. So, look, hopefully, 
can, can you get it downgraded from three to two if you plead guilty? Or what, what's his record like in terms oh, of missing? I don't, I don't, I don't think, think he's missed too many. No, I don't think that would happen. It, I think three is what they would be hoping. Uh, uh, okay, it could be worse, could it? Oh, it could be. Absolutely, wow. it could be. Um, and you're taking a lot of different factors. Oh, I think it will be three. I think that's where it'll land. If it is three, look, you never say easy games, but he misses West Coast at home in round one. Richmond away and Melbourne at home. So you don't want one of your better players not playing, but they would be the three that he would miss. The other thing is, uh, Mark Keane, his health will come into this as well. Yeah, and uh, Rory, too good. Rory Laird spoke about Mark Keane. Saw him today. Um, I think after the game, he, he was pretty bad. Um, I think it was a bit of sickness there and obviously a few um, pretty serious headaches. So... Um, but then he said he actually the next couple of days he's been he's been pretty good and he was in today for a bit. Um, so I think he, he's tracking really well. Um, but I think initially it was a it was a pretty big hit, so it was a bit rocked. Gee, interesting there. Pretty bad and and feeling pretty sick. Often you get delayed concussion effects too. So hopefully he can come back um, because uh, it's going to help Sam Powell Pepper if he only misses the, the fourteen days. But uh, I don't, I don't think it was. Certainly not malicious. It's just yeah. one of these. In the old days, you would have said, um, "Gee, great bump, well done, Sam." Took him out, took the body out, but now you cannot do that, and they all know that. Yeah, without a doubt. And we've had a look. It is. It's gone straight through to the tribunal, which means that it's gradings, careless conduct, severe impact, high contact. It's three plus direct to the tribunal with no early plea available. So See, disappointing, isn't it? You do all the preseason, and he, by all reports, he was you know burning up the track again. And you could easily miss three, maybe four then under under what you're saying now. Severe impact, yep. high and careless. Yeah, it was. But it's it's not something that clubs aren't across and it's not something that they don't train. And, and it's certainly, Chad Corn spoke about how they coach players to bump at Port Adelaide. We've been really big on coaching that all summer. Um, we've got a huge focus on how we attack the, the ball and the body try and limit some of the free kicks we gave away last last year and, and that falls into that category. So, you know, we know the way Pep plays. Um, you know, he's hard and tough, but like I said, I can't comment on the actual contact because I didn't see it. Chad Corns, this is a hot topic thanks to Kia, the new refined seven-seater Kia Sorento. Kia's largest SUV available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Um, you're not long out of the game yourself. Did this and concussions being talked about, I reckon the last decade, it's really gained momentum was it drilled into you too to be to have that duty of care when you were, um, as I said, only three or four years ago? Yeah, without a doubt, especially obviously towards the back end of my career. But it's something that is is brought up, is talked about. Just don't don't bump. It's not worth it. Like it genuinely isn't worth it because if they slip and you haven't done anything wrong, you might miss four weeks. Bloody reckons take the bump out of the game. I'm not sure. I think that still is part and parcel. Of, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there is people who are going to be on either side of the fence here. I'll, I'll be honest, in speaking about this out loud, in just answering your question, Wilds, when I play footy now, albeit country footy and it's not AFL footy, I don't ever think to bump. You tackle or oh, corral. I tackle or corral, or, corral. Or, or leave it. Like, I just, you know, I don't even... doesn't do a lot, does no, it, really? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And you sometimes end up worse off. So I just feel like it's now something that's in my mind that I'm actually going to do more damage to either myself or the other person for what the actual outcome is. It's nowhere near worth it. The only possible bump, which probably still has some effect, if, you, if you're running with the, your opponent towards a boundary and, and you're within the seven metres, you can just... 
Hit yeah, him well, off guard, but that's not going to hurt anyone, no, well, is it? No, what I'd say is that's you, you can push. still um, effectively body... Body, that's body contact. Body contact and yeah. run through someone yeah. with your body comparing to putting your shoulder or your elbow. And not going after the ball. Without a doubt. So that's probably the difference there. Onto the actual game. The Crows the crows had good periods. They started really well into a bit of a breeze. Thilthorpe did a couple of nice things. Same with Fogarty, kicked a couple of goals. McHenry was actually one of their better players. He kicked a three. Isaac Rankin. Played in the midfield yes, for a geez, decent chunk of the game and also forward. Kicked a couple of amazing goals. He <laughs> is primed to have a huge year for the Crows. That is exciting for Crows fans. For the power, I think a lot of questions were semi-answered on the weekend. Who would maybe be their number one ruck? Who would start? What's the battle look like there? Well, Chad Corns got asked about the ruck and the race against uh, each other for round one. Dante's come on um, in the fourth period and had a big impact early. So it's been a pretty co- close battle between the three of them across the whole pre-season. Barnes probably just got the you know, got the, the start today, um, did some good stuff, but I thought Sweet was solid as well against a you know, really good opponent. No Todd Marshall. Um, how they how they set up structurally forward Port Adelaide? Dixon took a really nice contested grab early, so that very promising signs for Port right. fans. Yeah, it, it took a really good grab, and I just remember I made a point about it. Um, when I was on SEM uh, Victoria with Coxie, and I did say that is huge for Port fans to see him out there healthy, but also he took a very strong pack mark. That's what you want to see. So he looks good. Uh, you talked about structurally how they set up. They played one of Rosie or Horn Francis out of the goal square, which I think is a massive move. It looked great, uh, but also not just that. Port's midfield looked pretty good, and Jack Horn's got asked about that. Butsy, I thought, was the one that really sparked us towards the end of that first period, got us going. Yeah, he does some stuff that I haven't seen too many free players do. And then you've got Connor and Juan Francis and, and Ollie next to him. It's a pretty solid midfield. Chad Corns there talking about that midfield, but also you mentioned about the race for round one for the Ruckman. The thing I take out of that, Wilds, and out of watching it as well, is Ivan Soto is the number, number one, one Ruck, and Zach Butters is their number one midfielder. And the reason I say that is he will play, I believe, more time inside than Rosie and Horn Francis because they'll rotate forward, deep forward. So whether that be for in just watching the game, Port fans, or even AFL fantasy perspective, Butters, for mine, will play majority of the time on the ball, and he will rack up 30 he'll have an amazing year Rosie will have a great year I think Horn Francis will too but they will spend more time forward where they might not get as many possessions I heard it wasn't as clear cut as you'd think with Rosie being captain Butters right in the conversation too no, I'm not surprised I know, that. I know the coach loves him why wouldn't you his year last year remember about three years ago he had that uh, nerve damage in his foot he, he didn't even know if he'd play again Zach Butters very courageous player and we're seeing his talent come to the fore he's only signed on for a couple more years, yep. so he could be in for a huge contract when you get the uh, free agency, whereas Rosie's signed for Port Adelaide A long for time. It's smart, isn't it? So, text us in on 0427-154-166. Which will have the bigger impact in season 2024? Isaac Rankin on the ball or Rosie and Horn Francis rotating out of the goal square? Remember they did Darren Jarman um, used to start off in the centre, just waddle down to full forward and kick goals on anybody, and It'd be, both would be hard to match up, wouldn't they? Without a doubt, extremely difficult because Rose is so crafty and smart with his body. He's quick. He's clever, and he's quick, can, yeah. Mark. Can goal, whereas Horn Francis is a little bit different. He's got that power and that speed. So you can't necessarily play the exact same player on both of them. Teams probably will because you just don't have the player to do it. But it, they, it is a very difficult matchup that AFL teams will find against Port Adelaide this season. Yeah, we'll, we'll summarise. Uh, 
Hot Topic also thanks to the New Sunrise. Over 1,200 stores Australia-wide. Visit newsunrise.com.au. Look out for the Sunrise. Enjoy local service. You've been spending a bit of time on your your next three, two in the... As I said, I'm looking forward to this. But what it does say is there's going to be three or four very, very good sides. You can't jam into the top eight. Which is... It's always difficult every year. But again, I've mentioned I think there is 13 teams that can make the eight this year. I've got five that I don't have... A possibility really to make it, but there's 13 that you can pick between. Such a hard task to do. I'll just, get the feedback tonight. Just um, one last one on the trial match, and it's only a trial. Don't and you know players went off at halftime. A lot of players, but did one team impress you more than the other? Did you see any slight difference in the two teams? Uh, yeah, without Crows fans getting angry at me, probably Port Adelaide, and probably the reason was. Uh, the Rosie Horn Francis swapping deep and Butters inside, just the class stood out for mine. Um, don't get me wrong, Rankin and Dawson, these guys are incredible too. But with Dixon fit, or at least playing, Marshall, whoever else Come they back. have up there, and then they've got one of those guys sitting deep, I think it's going to be a very difficult matchup for opposition teams to be out of curtail. And Radigalia and Zerk Thatcher did a job. Didn't didn't stand out, I wouldn't say, but did a job. And so we'll see a bit more this week. Port Adelaide take on Fremantle uh, on Friday night at Alberton Oval, and the Crows also at home Saturday against West Coast at Richmond Oval. Yeah, not far away from round zero, then round one. Coming up on the show, thanks to new refined seven seater Kia Sorento, Kia's largest SUV available now at your nearest Kia dealer. We've got Andrew Ramsey live in Auckland. Thanks to Lumo Energy, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA, the hat trick. That's for Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. And more your calls for just quality home improvements. one 736 736 is the number. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Dan Menzel, David Wood, if you're just quality home improvements, open line number 1300 736. 736, you can text us on 0427154166. They are experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration and on the Just Quality Home Improvements, you've got a couple of texts SM. I do from Brett's. Port will cover Sammy Powell Pepper, no probs at all. He'll be back bigger and better than ever. Unfortunately, with our great game, we have to tolerate the inconsistent silliness of the AFL Tribunal. So I choose to ignore that part of the game and just concentrate on the positive side of Aussie Rules footy, the game and the players they play. And there's a few here from Mario. Come on, um, Mario. Mario, if you lift your game, we'll read some out. <laughs> yeah, Dan, <laughs> back. Dan and I... <laughs> Perhaps don't agree with that first text. You miss three weeks, you suddenly get behind the eight ball. You're missing that, you know. And you guys, you got three games experience on you, haven't they? The the physical sort of aspect. Of, not that he needs that, but you are. I think you are slightly behind the eight ball. You miss three. Yeah. Was it Brett who texted him? Brett. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he probably more so meant Port will be able to cover him. But in saying that, you're, I, that's where we agree that it's not good for Pau Pepper. Like it just it, oh. it, all of a sudden you're chasing the season a little bit. So I think they'll be okay without him with that run. But, um, yeah, look, it's not an ideal situation. But I think, Wills, it's time for our top seven. It is. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further from Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. 
So my top seven I've come up with tonight, Will, is things to watch for in this upcoming AFL Community Series. So the preseason competition, we've had our match sim. We've got one week of preseason games into round zero. So I've got seven things that I think you need to watch out for. Now, we saw firsthand and I saw firsthand Paul and the Crows play on the weekend against each other. So I've left them out of this top seven. So at seven, I've gone with... Collingwood had 11 of their premiership stars sit out last week. So I want to know how many are ready to go come round one and how many line up against Richmond tomorrow night. Yeah, you, you want to have a full hit out, wouldn't you, before well, you play? You, know, you don't want not half a game 12 or a guys yep, not playing going into round one. So I want to see how the pies go tomorrow night. Number six, I think that people will be very interested in, in this one. Does Clayton Oliver play, and is he back to near his best against Carlton? If he if he is, then he's played two games. He's ready to go come round one. I think he plays. If he's fit, you don't want to sort of upset him anymore. He's had a pretty rough last 12 months. I think if he's fit, he's in there. Best three players at the club, play him. Which is huge for Melbourne if that is the Get case. Get your match fitness and form playing rather than sitting on the sidelines. Completely agree. At five, I've gone with Gold Coast. They got shown up against Brisbane in their match simulation. So will they be better against the GWS Giants and therefore ready for round zero? You wouldn't want to go into round zero with Damien Hardwick, a new coach, having lost to Brisbane by 50 points and GWS by 50 points. It's not a great warm into round yeah. zero. It's yeah, it's interesting. I'm gonna be, I'm interested to see where you put the Gold Coast because they could, they could make the eight for the first time, but they've also got a few holes. Even though they've got um, uh, Damien Harwick coming to the club, so yeah, you, you don't want to go in with two big losses, that's for sure. But that, that, they are the bit of an unknown. But I know you, you've kept on saying that they've got one of the best draws, if not the best draw. Yep. In the competition. Number four, the young guns to look out for in this week's preseason games. There's been some hype around guys like Aaron Cabman, who kicked four goals, the number former number one pick a couple of years ago. Uh, Harley Reid, we know. Sam Darcy's been good. Riley Sanders for the Bulldogs was unbelievable. Was, yeah. And Colby <laughs> McKercher was too. So is the hype real? I'm really looking forward to watching those guys in particular in the preseason games heading into round one. Like it. At number three, is Tim English fit and healthy? And if so, what does the Western Bulldogs forward line look like? Heading into round one for them. Hagen, Norton, Darcy, Lobb, where do they all fit? Yeah, no problems there. Once again, defence for the Bulldogs is their Achilles heel. At number two, North Ball. They're talking about North Ball and how they played against Collingwood. Now, Collingwood rested a lot of stars. I'm interested to see how North take on St Kilda in the preseason. St Kilda were the most impressive team in all of the match teams, and North were good as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. And at number one, I've gone with Sydney taking on Brisbane. This, for mine, will be the best game of the preseason. Sydney with Warner, Errol Gordon looked amazing. Brisbane, we know, with the likes of McLuggage, Neil inside. These two teams are going to be good size this year. And Parker broken his arm. Sam, very quickly to answer, top seven, number seven there about the Pies. Still side bottom, Jack Cripps. Tom Mitchell, Braden Maynard, Jamie Elliott, Darcy Moore, and Brody Majek will all return tomorrow night. How much game time they actually see? Yep. Still to be decided. I wanted to take two in Dan's top seven. NRL playing in Vegas. That's amazing. 60,000 seats already. And Taylor Swift. Will it be a success? I think so. Taylor Swift. No Swifty for you, Dan. Not that I'm a huge fan, but she has been the the biggest thing since the Beatles here. Don't you worry, my fiancé has let me know about that, Wills, (laughs) that we're not going. Wow. (laughs) Try and get a ticket there if you like. Hey, coming up, plenty more too on Sports Day. So the AFL ladder predictions, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Members get trade pricing. Sign up today. The hat trick. 
All for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farms. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. And Just Quality Homes, a massive supporter of Sports Day SA. Plenty more to come, as I said. We're not talking Taylor Swift. We're talking about Dan's prediction. And I think, what is it, 8, 9 and 10? I don't know. You'll find out shortly. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Well, time now to talk cricket too, and who better to talk to than Andrew Ramsey covering the New Zealand uh, Australia Tour, that is in New Zealand. Up a tyre power, get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Tyre power, the buying power puts the power in your lane. Andrew, uh, in your lane, I should say. Andrew, thanks once again. And uh, the T20 really ended up being a bit of a fizzer, didn't it? Australia, too strong. Uh, yeah, David, they put that last game with the, the rain interrupting, uh, probably made it all a bit of a mess, but um, pretty dominant series from the Australians. The first game went down to the last ball, uh, and after that it was it was pretty comprehensive. When you look at man-for-man, man, the teams, and you can say the test side as well, Australia seemed to have far more depth, far more talent, the numbers are far greater, yet for some reason the Kiwis generally hang in there, particularly in the home soil, the, the pretty solid unit, but... If you look man for man, Australia way ahead, aren't they, in terms of runs, wickets and and standings? Uh, yeah, and there was probably a, a bit of disparity in that series too with the Australians you know, fielding what was pretty much a full-strength team, with the exception of maybe Marcus Stornis, who might come into the team for the World Cup. But uh, New Zealand were missing you know, the likes of Kane Williamson, who's off on the paternity leave. Tim Southey only played one game to prepare for the tests. Um, you know, Daryl Mitchell's a pretty crucial all-rounder for them. He, he was injured. And then they lost um, Rach and Ravindra, their sort of star batter for the last couple of games. So personnel-wise, they could say they were down a few. But, um, yeah, you're right. They, they're bigger than the sum of their parts in New Zealand. On paper, you probably wouldn't think a lot of times that they would put up much of a fight or a huge fight, but they just never give in. And they're always in and around the mix in those ICC tournaments. They just routinely yeah. make semifinals and finals. They just unfortunately don't win as many. They've always had two or three... Superstars, haven't they? If you go back through the history, and I mean, Kane Williamson's as good as anyone going around. I think Ravinder is going to be an outstanding cricketer for, for many years. Southie's been around; they don't have Bolt anymore, but they've always had three or four really good cricketers, and the, and the maybe five or six battlers. But it still makes them a competitive unit. Yeah, and they always seem to lift for those big games too. Don't they they always fancy themselves against Australia. Um, but this T Twenty series, they unveiled you know, three bowlers who bowl over 140Ks. It was Lockie Ferguson, who's been around for a while, Ben Sears and Adam Milne, who's also been in and around. But there's not many teams in the world that have three bowlers in white ball cricket who can bowl at 140-plus. So uh, in in the right conditions, they could be a real handful. I'm just not sure that pitches in the West Indies, which is where the the next T20 World Cup's going to be, is going to be conducive for, for blokes bowling at that speed. Love that you mentioned the T20 World Cup there, Andrew. I want to ask you about the top of the order for the Australian cricket team. Steve Smith didn't have the tournament or the series he would have liked. Your thoughts on, one, Steve Smith, but also who opens for Australia in the T20 World Cup? Uh, Yeah, very good question, Dan. Um, You've got to say that Steve Smith's form as an opener in the the white ball stuff, it probably didn't do him any favours. The big problem for Steve is he doesn't play much 
cricket between the end of this Test series coming up and the the T20 World Cup. Like the other guys have got IPL contracts, they'll go off and keep honing their 20 over game, whereas he won't be there. Um, you'd have to think that Travis Head and David Warner are their preferred opening pair. And given what we saw in the the last game in Auckland, even though it was rain interrupted, Matt Short's effort coming in making 27 off you know, 10 or so balls and then opening the bowling with his off spin, he just gives them that extra option. Um, he'd have to come into their thinking, you would you would imagine. Um, another thing in the West Indies, it's just so hard to get replacement players there in a hurry. So if someone did break a finger on the day before a game, you needed to make a substitution. You just need someone who can cover as many bases as possible. So again, you'd think someone like a Matt Short would probably nose in front in that kind of a, a race. Yeah, and it's a great point you make about Matt Short's spin is the extra thing that might get him over the line than a Steve Smith or someone else. Hey, one guy in the middle of the order that your casual cricket fan might know a little bit of is Tim David, and they would probably know a little bit more about him over the last six months in particular. His form, he hasn't... I don't think he's been dismissed in a long time now. He's doing the job for Australia. Watching him live, is he as good as he is actually built out to be? Uh, he's a pretty remarkable player, and just the, you look at him. The first thing that strikes you is his stature. He's about six foot two, yeah. six foot three, and Without doubt. a strong. massive, hulking fellow. And as Mitch Marsh said prior to the series, he probably fills the hardest role in T Twenty cricket, which is coming in as a you're either the, coming in with two overs to go and you need to hit every ball to the fence, or you're coming in at fourth and not many, and the team's in all sorts yeah. of strife, and you have to maintain a scoring rate. So. What he's been able to do uh, is, is pretty extraordinary, and it's made more extraordinary by the fact that he's, a, he's a Australia's first genuine freelance cricketer. You know, he doesn't have a state contract, he doesn't have a Cricket Australia contract, he just plays 20-over cricket for franchises around the world. So to be able to be in the mix for a World Cup and, and play the role that he's playing is, uh, is quite remarkable. And he's, uh, I think most teams seeing him side of the wicket would be pretty intimidated. Yeah, big bank balance and uh, not facing many balls. <laughs> Andrew, spoke with you last week and I, I made the point this the characters are disappearing in sport and particularly in cricket, I think, too. But we're lucky we have the Chapel era, then the, the Shane Warne era and, and a lot of fantastic players. But you made the, a wonderful point about social media. I thought about that and everyone's so paranoid, aren't they, about getting um, filmed on, a, on an iPhone or being out somewhere, even having dinner and a few drinks and... It's sad in a way because we don't have those 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 characters. But having said that, do you think this Australian side is as popular as other ones we've seen, we've grown up with through the you know the eighties, the nineties, and and two thousands? Um, I think I think they are. I think they're winning a few hearts and minds. I, I think there's been a time in the not so distant past where Australian teams under some pretty hard nosed leaders were admired but they weren't overly loved um, they used to win a lot um, but maybe sometimes the way they went about it was uh, used to grate on a few people but I mean this group now they're pretty personable and I think you know as far as captains go you've got Pat Cummins in the, the test and the 50 over stuff and, and Mitch Marsh in the 20 overs even though he's not formally appointed captain yet he's been doing the job uh, I mean they're pretty relatable people and they they understand what, um, what the job entails and they want to be a bit more human. They want to present a, a kind of softer side, for want of a better word. At the same time, keep winning a lot of stuff. And the fact that they hold the you know, World Test Championship, they hold the 50-over World Cup and they're shaping up pretty well for the 20-over World Cup 
would suggest that they're, they're getting the winning part of it right. But I, and I think uh, in terms of personalities, they're, they're pretty relatable, probably more so than some of the ones in the recent past. You mentioned the success there, Andrew. It's our first Red Bull tour of New Zealand for eight years. Is this an upcoming series, a two-test series, that Australia has to be very wary of New Zealand? Is it one that you expect to roll over and, and win the two tests, or is it much more line ball than that? Um, I think they're always they're very competitive in their home patch, and I mean, the brutal truth is that Australia comes into this series having lost their most recent test uh, against the West Indies in yeah. Brisbane, which I don't think anyone saw coming. <laughs> no. um, New Zealand had a 2-0 clean sweep of South Africa, even though that was a, probably a third-strength South African team. So they're coming in on some good form. Um, but history would suggest that New Zealand and Australia, it's always been Australia's way. Uh, I don't think New Zealand have won a test on their home turf against Australia for more than 20 years. So wow. it's it's going to be a, a tough hour, especially against a world-class Australian team that's eyeing the top spot in the World Test Championship ladder again. I think New Zealand currently sit on top. Um, India may be second at the moment and Australia third. So there's no lack of incentive for them and they've got a, a full-strength team. So um, I think the, the hosts are going to have the work cut out for them, but you just never write them off. Probably stronger in the batting, I think, than bowling New Zealand. But what, what sort of pitch, Andrew, do you think they'll serve up? They're generally f- a lot slower than the Aussie pitches, aren't they, with, with less bounce? Um, well, it's actually, I asked Mitch Santner, the, the T20 captain, at the end of the, the series, the White Bull series, what he thought he expected. And he thought the base and reserve for the first test, it, it may fa- favour the quicks early on, but it could take some turn later on, given okay. at the end of the summer, obviously. And But the pitch at Hagley Oval in Christchurch has always been a bit seamer-friendly. So I think the Australian selectors were expecting seam-friendly pitches, which is why they included Michael Nisha and, and Scott Boland, as well as the, the big three quicks in that squad. Um, and New Zealand, have, as I mentioned, they've got no shortage of fast bowlers. It's whether they can keep them all on the park. So it might be a bit of a, a fast bowling shootout, certainly for that second test, um, which is the ground where last time Australia were here, Brendan McCullum made the, the fastest ever test century. So if you're prepared to throw the bat, you can uh, you get yeah. rewards. Could be Travis Head's turn, yeah. Exactly right. Now, last one, Andrew, before we let you go. We, with you mentioned Nisa, Boland and Renshaw are in the squad with the other 11 that we expect to play. The two tests, are you expecting it just to be as per normal, both tests we play with the 11 that has been so successful for such a long time? Or do you think one opportunity might come to Renshaw or to Nisa or to Boland? Um, I guess it all depends on fitness. It's a pretty tight turnaround between the tests. There's only a couple of days between the, the first and the second. So I guess it's bowler workload and stuff. Um you have to think, given the uh, the result they got in the last test that they played in Australia, they've got a point to prove. And I think the selectors have said they're pretty committed to the you know, Steve Smith opening Cameron Green at four lineup, um, which makes it hard for a Renshaw to get in unless there was some sort of uh, extraordinary circumstance. So I would imagine they could go through ideally with the same eleven for both tests. But uh, I guess. All other things come into play when you're on the test tour, don't they? Now, Andrew, you're not only a, a cricket reporter, you are an author of note. Anything on the horizon? You're working on an, another book or a, or some sort of topic at the moment? Uh, there is a book in the pipeline. Uh, it, it may be cricket related, so I'll probably uh, it could be player related. I can't say too much oh. because it's not my news to announce. But 
Um, it might be one of the senior Australian players doing a book with him, which would be interesting because uh, I think he's got an interesting story to tell. Is that cryptic enough to be? Yeah, well, we're breaking it first. We'll take that on Sports Day, I say. But, Andrew, thanks for that. Looking forward to the test match. Should be a beauty. And uh, thanks for your time once again. Thanks, gents. Andrew Ramsey, the Australian cricket reporter, has written a lot of books too, Dan. And not only on cricket. He started, I think, as a bank teller, got out of that. Wow. That'd be pretty boring. I started as a bank teller, too. It was boring. So, But he's not boring, and he's, uh, he's got a pretty good job, too, following the Australian cricket team around. This is what I'm looking forward to. Definitely not boring, this segment. AFL ladder predictions, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. This has been fascinating. We've been working from the bottom to the top. It's been Dan's project. And what are we up to now? Is it 8, 9, 10, or where are we? We are up to 9th, 8th, and 7th in my Ooh. AFL predictions for this 2024 season. So we'll run through what I've got currently that From I've the bottom, announced. Yeah. 18th, I had West Coast. 17th, North Melbourne. 16th, I went Hawthorne. 15th, Richmond. 14th, Essendon. 13th, Fremantle. 12th, with the Bulldogs. 11th, Geelong. And 10th. I had St Kilda. So if you want to hear the reasons why, you can get that on the podcast. You can get that on the SEN app. We broke all of that down last week. So that means that tonight it is time for my ninth, eighth, and seventh on the ladder predictions. And look, I'm not sure. I'm going to get some feedback. Who's number nine? I think I might get some feedback here, Wilds. In ninth position, I've gone with the Adelaide Crows. In eighth, I've gone with the Gold Coast Suns making finals for the first time ever. And in seventh position, I've gone with Port Adelaide. So let's start with ninth on the ladder, the Adelaide Crows. Now, Dan, I've got a meeting with the Crows tomorrow with Oof. their coach and all the hierarchy for for the media. I'll, I might let uh, Nixie saying you've got him in ninth. That might fire him up. But the interesting thing I've got here, the Bulldogs, St Kilda and the Crows, that shows how even the top perhaps 12 or 13 teams are. You've got them all out of the eight. Without a doubt. I've mentioned this multiple times that try... Give, me, give us feedback, absolutely. Text us in on 0427-154-166. But try picking your top eight first and then seeing who you leave out. It is extremely difficult. I had a bit of a deep dive into this. I had the Crows initially in my eight, but I've just looked at a couple of things, whether it be list-wise, whether it be run and draw-wise. Um, and so I have them in ninth position. The Crows run is tougher than what most people expect. They play Brisbane twice. They play Geelong twice. That's never easy. They play the Power twice, and they play Sydney twice. Mm. That's four difficult teams. They've also got the Bombers twice, who you never know you're going to get in the Bombers, and Hawthorne twice. So they don't get a double dip at West Coast Their or at record over Sydney's been pretty good in history. The record... Inc- Sydney will be better, though, this year with what they've picked up. Yeah, Geelong and the Geelong they used to be. Sydney did beat them here last year. I'm yeah, they sorry did. to bring that up, they Crows did. fans. But, um, so the draw is rather tough. That's one point that I want to just hit on a little bit. Uh, why they can finish higher than ninth and make the finals this year, which a lot of people have in. We know their offensive firepower. They were the number one offensive team in the competition last year. I also think that you will agree in most will the improvement of Riley Thilthorpe, Rankin, we saw a bit in the trial game, Rochelle, and then Michael Laney as well. I really like what he's going to become for them down back. There's some real improvement there that I think that that is every reason why they'll take another step this season. The reason why I think they might struggle to go better than what they did last year, and they should have played finals last year, 
is they were very good at home last season. Will they replicate that? I'm not so sure. They were three wins and eight losses away from home. Now, that doesn't bode well. That doesn't a lot of close games, having said that, Brisbane, games. Collingwood. But it's hard to turn away around your away form in the space of 12 months. Yes, you might get five or six, but I'd be surprised if they went eight and three is all I'm saying with that on the away form there. Can they maintain that level? The other part is they're not going to shock teams like they did last year. Teams didn't know how they were playing at first. Teams were quite surprised Fair by the point. Crows that they came up against. But this is the other point that I really want to labour on. Half of their team sits in the 30 to 90 game bracket. That is very inexperienced compared to the top eight teams. It's, that is a fact. So compared to the best sides, they don't have as much experience as the better teams do in the competition. And we've seen over recent years with Collingwood last year who were far older than what people thought they were. With Geelong the year before the oldest Old. team of all time, Richmond's had so much experience. and makes a difference. We know that the key defense stocks are, are, are an issue as well. And I think that they sugarcoated that last year and were able to make do as they went throughout the season but it's hard to maintain that for a couple of years uh, but the other thing was they were pretty healthy last season their key defenders got injured late Rankin missed a couple of games but the rest of their best players didn't miss Played. a game so I just think that they might have a couple of things go against them maybe some adversity this season they're going to be around the mark they could easily finish in the top five or six teams but I've got them just missing out love your summary Yeah, I'm going to pick up on one point you said Sydney beat them well, I think technology beat them. That was an unbelievable decision with a minute or 90 seconds left on the clock. But no, I think you've, you're forcing against the perfect. The one other key point I'll make with the Crows is from round 12 to round 16 is what will make and break the Crows season. They could and probably should win all five games in that, which would set up a finals berth for them. They take on West Coast at home, Hawthorne away, Richmond at home, Sydney at home, and the Giants at home. That will set them up, make or break their season. In... Eighth position, welcome to the finals, the Gold Coast Suns. Ooh. The Gold Coast Suns have never finished above 12th on the table. I didn't have them in initially, but again, we've spoken about this. When you look at their draw... The AFL has looked after them. Six wins they should have. I reckon eight, to be honest, with okay. what I saw from Essendon on the weekend. They play North Melbourne, Richmond, West Coast, and Essendon twice. Mm. Eight wins. They need five other wins for the season if they can do that. Mid-forward of the ground, they also look great. They've got some very good midfielders, but King and Lacocious are another year older, another year more mature. I like what Flanders and Humphrey are going to do this year, and Took Miller will be healthy this season. That is big. Yeah, he missed a lot last year, didn't he? Um, while they might struggle, they're still very inexperienced. They still have a majority of their group under the age of 24, which is rather remarkable. I think that this club is going to be better this season, but I think Dimmer, what Dimmer did was he looked at this list and thought, we're going to be good next year, but in a couple of years' time... Teams are going to go, wow, this Suns team is going to be good because they have that list build that is going to catapult them into a really good position in a couple of years' time. Their first nine games, they could be 7-2 and two with the way the draw has fallen. They only need to reach 13 wins. It sets up their season. I've got them in eighth position. Is there a back line a worry for you? Is there any big names there? Yeah, no, their the back line is a worry, without a doubt. Um, but I also think there's a few other teams around this position. Collins is solid. Um, Ballard, okay. But you're right. They don't have great key defenders. Um, but the Bulldogs have won a flag off the back of it. But, yeah, wow. that could be the challenge for Gold them. Gold Coast. And you probably got Gold Coast out of Adelaide purely on the draw, the way Pure the draw on the draw Gold Coast play Adelaide in Adelaide's first game I mean it's early in the season to ride a team off but that might be the finals difference in 7th position I've got the Port Adelaide power 
Port Adelaide in seventh position. I know a lot of people have them outside the eight, uh, and a lot of people have them around the mark. I've got them. Why the power can finish at least seventh or higher this year, we know that their starting midfield can be the best in the league. If they can work out Soldo or or Sweet to be a good number one right, they've got Connor Rosie, they've got Butters, Horn Francis, Wines inside, Houston. A lot of their guys are in their prime as well with their guns just under that age at 23 to 25 I love what they're doing with Rosie and Horn Francis in particular, swapping out of the goal square. We saw it in the practice game against the Crows. The other thing is, I just want to make this point, Wilds. I think that Port Adelaide has the most fascinating draw in the whole competition. Port Adelaide could and should be 5-0. and They yeah. play West Coast at home, Richmond yep. away, Melbourne at home. They know that's tough. Yep. Essendon at home and Fremantle at home. Yep. They will be 4-1 and one or 5-0. and oh. But it's because from round six to nine, they might not win a game in there. They play the Pies, the Saints, the Crows, and Geelong. And then from round 12 to 18 is also very tough. So Port Adelaide needs to set their season up in the first five rounds. While they might struggle, it's a reliance on their best players. Uh, They've got a really tough middle stretch of the season, as we've mentioned. And injuries, that they've had a pretty good run too. So if they have a couple of them, I'm not sure the depth is there. Maybe like the Crows, I have them finishing in seventh position. Yeah, well, they don't want to lose Rosie or Butters or or Horn Francis. But that's the same with most clubs, isn't it? They're better players. Well done. I like that. Now, the hat trick thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. What was your forgettable moment for the weekend? Yeah, forgettable moment for the weekend. Bombers fans out there, it's been 20 years since they've won a final. I mean, you can't read too much into match simulations and pre-season games, but there's still something to them. The Bombers lost by 66 points oh. to St Kilda, 16-10-106 to 5-10-40. It is a forgettable moment for Essendon, and if that is any sign of what we're going to see this year, it's going to be another bad year for the Bombers. Yeah, they're a worry. They really are a worry. Their fans must be pulling the hair out. Uh, my forgettable moment is probably the, the brain fate of Sam Palpepper. Oh, I know you don't, want to, you don't want to miss the first couple of weeks. and he, I know he didn't mean to hurt him, but you know you can't hit the head. He hit the head uh, of Keane of the Crows, and... I think it's probably a minimum two weeks on Miss Keane's going to miss for a couple of weeks himself. Yeah, I mean, and we touched on it in the first segment of the show that, yeah, you just can't do that. And why would you put yourself in that position? It's a great forgettable moment, Wilds, by you. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> I mean, I did just briefly touch on this. Connor Rosie and Jason Horn Francis will be a handful playing out of the cage this year. I love that look. That is, for opposition defences, we don't just have to stop Charlie and Todd Marshall. We've got to worry about a mid-size forward at full forward. Well, mine, if you don't know, now, now you know, it's just had three or four days on the cruise. Still got a bit of the wobbly feet coming on dry land. A bit rocky there, too, as you mentioned earlier. The boat was sort of, but uh, normally I used to get a bit seasick. But if you don't know, you'll know it now. I didn't get sick. I was actually quite good. Good. You'd go again? Yeah, yeah. I think if I go again, it's going to be out of um, Florida or Singapore. Yeah, that's not, a way to do it. Yep. Not out of harbour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great shout. Yeah. It is what it is. Wilds, this year's draft class is going to be good. Riley Sanders looks unreal. Fellow Tasmanian McKercher at North Melbourne is going to be a gun. Harley Reid, Dan Curtin, a lot of guys that are going to play straight away. It is what it is. This year's draft class is the real deal. You've had some good ones there. Mine is, uh, I think, the test match. We spoke with Andrew Ramsey. Um, The test match, for me, it is what it is. Australia are just too good. I think on paper... Whether you, whether you try so and make balanced. a case exactly try and make a case for for New Zealand, I don't think you can. If Australia play anywhere near their best, they win, and that is what it is. The other point with that is Kane Williamson on paternity leave. That is a massive difference. He's 
he is arguably the best batsman in the world. So if he's not playing, oh. then they are not. Is he great. definitely out or is he? Well, not depends. Well, I mean, Andrew did say he's on paternity leave. How long did he get paternity oh, leave for? He could clock off, surely. <laughs> surely. Here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Uh, be alert and prepare this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to the new Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. That stat you gave on the bombers, that's worrying when you want to come in. I know it's only a pre-season yep. game, and yep. I don't know how many of their better players uh, play, but that's a shocking result against St Kilda. They rested their better players at half-time. At half-time, they had two goals. So it was And horrific. that was a problem you said... Goal kicking again. Yeah, yep. uh, they again. don't have a lot of stars, do they? No, their top end talent for me is as weak as nearly any team in the competition, and that's why I just don't. I think Brad Scott's a pretty good coach, but I just think they're going to be some challenges. Yeah, they'll, they'll be a team that have their moment for a month. They they surprise you, win three games, and here they go, and they get smashed, don't they? Hey, Colin, we take on Richmond tomorrow night. Fantastic, can't wait. We have a have a great night as always, and we're back again tomorrow. I'll be at the Crows tomorrow, so I'll update all that's happening there at Westlake's. Bye for now. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers.